The Reserve Bank is considering restricting what it sees as risky home lending. Some experts back the decision to introduce controls, while others criticise it as either unnecessary or the wrong option. This Radio New Zealand Insight programme explores if the measure could have unintended consequences. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, very good afternoon to you all. My name's Cam Blue. Welcome to the auction for sale of one Collier Avenue Park. Great size crowd, and I'm simply not surprised. This truly is a wonderful home, a superb family home. We at the Reserve Bank see the current overheated housing market as a real threat to future financial stability. The Deputy Reserve Bank Governor Grant Spencer was blunt in his message to the New Zealand business community last month, arguing action is needed to counter this threat. If house prices were rising from depressed levels, then these trends would not be of real concern. However, the current house price and debt trends are on top of already high base levels, both by historical and international standards. Instead of raising interest rates to control the market, the Reserve Bank has been consulting over introducing measures to restrict lending over 80% of a property's value, known as high loan-to-value ratios, or LVRs. Speaking in the last week, the Prime Minister reiterated the need to ensure stability. We also need to make sure that the overall housing market is stable and doesn't present risks for any either current homeowner or potentially new homeowner, whether they're a first-home buyer or not. But not everyone agrees that a dangerous housing bubble is growing. The Director of Banking Studies at Massey University, David Tripe, is sceptical. The Reserve Bank is concerned that if house prices keep on rising, we'll have a much shorter path to another boom, and this time round we might have a proper bust. Now, I'm not sure that that's actually the situation. And the Bankers Association's chief executive, Kirk Hope, argues that levels of borrowing over 80% of a home's value are already dropping. From a stock perspective, uh, I think about 22% of the stock is, uh, is high LVR, so 78% of the stock is under 80. Um, and the biggest uh, proportion of uh, home lending is actually under 60% in New Zealand. So what we think will happen uh, is a decline in, uh, higher, uh, in the volumes of high LVR lending uh, over the latter part of this year. I'm Philippa Tolley, and in this insight, I speak to both supporters and sceptics of proposals to introduce lending restrictions and explore what other problems such measures might create. Let's get it going. Ladies and gentlemen, to stand up probably opening bid and offer what I've done position. What do we hear? Not a lot. No surprise. That went very well, didn't it? And I left then and became a broker a little over 15 years ago. And so I've been a mortgage and insurance advisor for, for the bulk of that time. Jeff Borden has spent many decades in the banking industry and is now joint owner of a group of more than 20 mortgage brokers, half of whom operate under the Prosper brand. Mr Borden is based in Auckland and has clear views on the current state of the city's housing market. It has been buoyant, and it's been buoyant, I think, for a number of reasons. The, the brakes came off, so people that, that felt it wasn't the right time to buy a house um, were sitting in the wings. They're more active. Um, vendors are, are more active in selling their homes because they feel that they can get a better price at the moment than maybe they were getting a while, a while ago. And, and banks, too, have become... Um, a little bit more relaxed about lending around that higher value ratio again. So um, if we go back three or four years during the, the 
financial um, global financial crisis. You weren't getting many deals over over the line above 80 percent. We've come back to an environment where uh, 90 percent, particularly, is reasonably common practice again, and even up to 95. The Reserve Bank says 30% of all new mortgages are above 80% of a property's value, up from 23% on October 2011. And the bank's chairman, Graham Wheeler, has said a third of that high lending is to first-home buyers. But David Tripe thinks it's not just low interest rates that have sparked the present desperate scramble for homes. The key areas for concern about house prices are Auckland's and Christchurch. And there's actually other very good reasons why house prices are rising in Auckland and Christchurch. In Christchurch there's a shortage of housing. In Auckland there's a shortage of housing and a key contributor to that shortage of housing is in fact because there was not the finance available through the finance company sectors and others to support speculative housing construction. One of the consequences of that was that there was a real slowdown in housing construction in Auckland between about 2007 and 2012 and that's why there's talk of a shortfall of a shortfall of housing in Auckland of the order of 40 to 50,000 homes. The Minister of Finance, Bill English, speaking in the past week in Christchurch, focused on what the government believes is the main cause of skyrocketing house prices. In fact, in both of our larger cities, Christchurch and Auckland, uh, councils have in the past taken a view that having a compact city is a nice idea, and it is. It's just that it doesn't take account of any of the economic impacts of that particular view of the world. Over the last six months, we've had an intensive discussion with councils about the economic impacts of those decisions, and I think we're all a bit clearer now that restricting the supply of housing is one of the factors that drives the prices up. We have one of the least affordable housing markets in the world. We're not up there with Hong Kong and Singapore, but actually we're not that far behind, and that's ridiculous. While wanting to solve the supply problems he believes are aggravating house prices, Mr English has acknowledged the need to also tackle borrowing. Worries over the growth of riskier home lending led to the signing of a Memorandum of Understanding with the Reserve Bank in May, allowing the use of four different so-called macro-prudential tools. At the time, the Reserve Bank Governor, Graham Wheeler, said the new tools were designed to promote greater financial systems sustainability and while the bank will consult with the finance minister, it will make the final policy decisions independently. Less than a week ago, the Prime Minister, John Key, made it clear to local government representatives why the Reserve Bank needs those tools. If those macro-prudential tools were taken off the table, the only alternative for the Reserve Bank is to raise interest rates. And that means raising interest rates on every mortgage holder and every business right around the country. That means that um, if you're Tim Chabot in Invercargill, your people are running their business down there are paying higher interest rates because of a housing problem in Auckland. And yeah, that's the reality of having one interest rate that applies right across the country. It's also going to put a um, substantial amount of pressure on the exchange rate, and we're an export-driven economy. Without giving details, Mr Key said his priority was still first-home buyers and pointed to figures the Reserve Bank uses indicating a 20% increase in house prices in Auckland in the last 12 months. The government has suggested it may help first-time house buyers by changing present restrictions on accessing their KiwiSaver accounts. But the Reserve Bank has said it does not favour any exemptions to loan-to-value ratios and prefers to keep any measures simple.
The bank has also flagged that it favours limits on riskier spending rather than a complete ban on new borrowing over 80%. The banking academic David Tripe says while a case could have been made to move against an earlier housing bubble, the pressures to act now are not just financial. There's some social pressures arising through Auckland about concerns about house price rises and about the unaffordability of houses for first home buyers. Now, in fact, first home, so if you're concerned about first home buyers, the worst policy to implement, to introduce, is one that restricts loan to value ratios. Um, because the first home buyers inevitably, almost inevitably, are ones that want to borrow the most in relative terms. If you've owned a house before, you're going to have a chunk of equity and it's going to be much less of an issue for you. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me in terms of being the right policy. The Reserve Bank says a number of countries have introduced LVRs in the past few years. But David Tripe is less than enthusiastic about how successful they've been. The history of running loan-to-value restrictions has actually generally been in what are called emerging market economies. There have been some in, we've seen some in Hong Kong, we've seen some in Korea. There is a type of restriction in place in Canada, though it's not actually a loan-to-value ratio restriction at all. They have had some effect, but we could still have very rapid price rises in New Zealand with restrictions on loan-to-value ratios because many of the potential purchasers of houses are in fact people who've got a reasonable chunk of equity. Infometrics is an economic research company and one of its analysts, Matt Nolan, focuses on household issues. Mr Nolan says the Reserve Bank has changed its approach to dealing with an overheated market. The Reserve Bank clearly signposted this when they said in 2005, 2006, 2007 they would have responded differently to what was going on. Their view on how they need to deal with these issues and how proactive they have to be has changed. What we've got is a special situation where house prices are higher than seems reasonable given incomes, given rents. And that's very specifically in Auckland. There's this concentrated risk. It's good to give an example. Now, this doesn't just hold for the housing market, but for agricultural debt more generally, and banks are highly exposed to both of these. If we saw the terms of trade fall, if we saw China really tank and decide not to buy our, our milk, and dairy prices crashed back, we would see agricultural land prices collapse. We would also see house prices fall. We would be in a situation where house prices are falling. The Reserve Bank believes that people aren't taking this risk into account and they're trying to insure us against that risk by doing this. Now, if they were to ignore it, everyone would jump on their back if something did go wrong and say, this was your job, you were supposed to insure us. We gave you this responsibility when the Reserve Bank signed a memorandum of understanding with Bill English. They were given that understanding and that responsibility. As a result, they have to do something. This is the only tool they've really got set up to do this now. It deals directly with the issue of financial stability. But some sectors worry any measure could be too effective. A mortgage broker, Jeff Borden, says his experience of high loan-to-value ratio lending is that it affects the whole market, not just first-home buyers. The LVR is, is a significant part, and it, it, is, it comprises, in part, the first-home buyer market, and that has to kick-start for the rest of the market to follow on, really. If, uh, if those houses that are in that first-home buying bracket, if, they, if they're not turning over then that means those people who are in those homes are ready to move to their second or third home. They're, they're not in a position to buy either. So that, so that 
the low equity market is, in some respects, the catalyst to the whole market moving. Mr Borden says that members of his Prosper group working outside Auckland fear that any measures to dampen the Queen City's market could squash recovery in their areas before it even starts. Some of our people are saying in some of the regional centres that if, if they apply um, spe- speed limit seems to be the latest word or the latest phrase, if you start to apply restrictions on across the board with low equity lending, in effect will have an impact of killing their market because that's the sector of the market that, that stimulates everything and obviously the markets in some of those centres aren't as heated as they are in Auckland. Banking academic David Tripe is another who thinks efforts to dampen the housing market could be harmful. Suppose we had um, growth in house prices falling from from sort of a national average of about 6% down to zero, um, and that, that would mean that maybe that the rate of growth in house prices in Auckland might fall from might fall a little bit from, say, 11% to, say, 8% or something like that. That would mean that house prices in much of the rest of the country would be falling. Now... House prices falling is actually not a particularly good predicament to be in. It makes people who own houses very conservative about spending. So that would be that that would mean that would be inclined to encourage some uh, some downward movements and there's some shrinkage in in the economy as people are reluctant to spend. It also means that banks who have lent against those houses are then in a situation where the value of their security is falling and a number of loans will then start to become quite high loan-to-value ratio um, and, in fact, may in fact put the lender at significant risk. So that's not an incredibly good outcome. While those working outside Auckland and Christchurch's heated markets are worried about any slowing down of their housing sales, the union representing bank workers is scathing about how the banks are pushing borrowing. The competition between mortgage lenders has been intensifying, with the banks offering free TVs, iPads and cash as incentives. The ASB has been running a Facebook competition, where the rate is reduced according to how many likes the page gets. One of those taking part will be the winner, and the bidding in one week took the rate down to just over 1% for two years. Right. Who drank my milk? You know I only drink soy. You know what? I know what you're thinking. Hmm. About banks, anyway. So when people say all banks are the same, you can say, not quite. Tara is a first-home buyer and well aware of the competitive lending market. Over a cup of coffee, she told me how she and her partner had accumulated enough to qualify to make a withdrawal from KiwiSaver to get a deposit. Tara says banks weren't worried the deposit would only be 5% of their dream home. Initially there were two banks straight off the bat that said they would come to the party and give us um, an offer on a mortgage. Tara and her partner both work full-time and have a good credit history, although they also have a few thousand dollars of debt on their credit cards. As they looked for a 95% loan, a third bank entered the race for their business. So in the end stages, when we had the decision to make, we had three banks all offering us um, different packages and we went through a mortgage broker. He was liaising between all three and letting letting them know, you know, hey, ANZ, Westpac's given us this offer, are you going to match it? And they were willing to play play the game. So, I mean, they were matching, increasing the cash that they were going to offer us. And he came back three times and each time they'd increased, they'd made their offer more attractive to us. So they were definitely playing to win. 
In the end, the couple got their 95% mortgage as well as $3,000 in cash. The General Secretary of First Union, Robert Reid, says bank workers are expected to sell buckets of debt. If the Reserve Bank try and sort of cut back on this uh, overheating, if the targets for selling mortgages are exactly the same for every bank worker from every brand in New Zealand, um, then all that happens is that extra stress is actually going to be on those people uh, to be trying to actually sell exactly the same amount of debt and I would dare say get around uh, some of the regulations, albeit light-handed regulations, that the Reserve Bank may try and introduce. So from an employer's point of view, they've got to meet their targets. If somebody comes in and says, look, I'm really only happy with a, with a loan at that size, so that's where I'm comfortable. From an employer's point of view, if they can persuade somebody to push it up a bit further, it's all well and good from their perspective. Not only all well and good, their job actually depends on it. And if they don't do that and don't reach their own targets as, as bank employees, uh, they could be uh, performance managed. And the end of that performance management system is dismissal. Our union is 27,000 members. 4,000 of those work in the banks. We have more dismissal cases for failure to sell debt of workers in the banks than we have really of all dismissals through the rest of our union combined. Not surprised at 630,000. When discussing possible loan restrictions, the Reserve Bank speaks of risks to financial stability rather than an aim to reduce house prices. But the Bankers Association Chief Executive, Kirk Hope, believes restrictions could create another type of financial instability by pushing those without a substantial deposit towards non-bank lenders. One of the things that we've argued all along is that the introduction of unsecured lending undermines rather than... Um, rather than adds to financial stability. So what what you saw, what you've seen in Canada uh, and in Sweden, two places who have uh, introduced LVR restrictions, is a significant growth in unsecured lending. So it, we think that it, that simply undermines financial stability and, and we've all said all along we don't think LVR caps will actually work. How does it undermine financial stability? The rules as the Reserve Bank have indicated they will be through their latest um, consultation mean that if a secondary lender wants to take security they're not able to do so therefore what they're incentivised to do is lend unsecured to borrowers at probably at higher interest rates so what that means is there's a proportion of unsecured lending out there at much higher interest rates than what they might get from a bank uh, which absolutely undermines financial stability. David Tripe says those without savings have limited options. Certainly there are some other lenders out there who are doing higher loan-to-value loans um, or to get um, loans for the difference from some other source. Now, for those of us who were around in the 1970s and earlier will remember the large amount of home lending that was done by solicitors' nominee companies, often on second, third or fourth mortgages. Um, uh, now, I don't, think the, I don't think we're going to see the solicitors' nominee companies breaking back into the market, but we could as well see other lenders doing things in the market. Um, and those are, those are probably going to be doing higher-risk loans, so we'll have a plethora of relatively new institutions doing high-risk loans. Now, that's probably not incredibly good for financial stability, and that's been something that's actually caused problems from time to time in the New Zealand economy over the last 50 years.
David Tribe says a lesson was learned, especially between 2006 and 2008, that a relatively small number of risky financial institutions can still cause significant problems for the general public. Hi, Tupi. Are you okay with the appointment at 10 o'clock next week? An advisor at the Viola Pacific Island Budgeting Service in South Auckland, Tupu Aite, believes any reserve bank restrictions will cut the low paid out of the housing market. That means only the rich people will be able to afford a house, to buy a house, not the least poor people or the low income earners. They will be renting in all their lives, you know, because they cannot afford to uh, get that 20%. Yeah or probably they might force them to go to finance, finance yeah. which is not a good thing, you know, because we've seen those uh, happening now, that as people losing their homes because of finance companies they get their mortgage from. The budgeting service specialises in helping people facing mortgagee sales and has extensive experience dealing with those who have borrowed money from the so-called non-banking sector, especially Australian-based finance companies. Such firms promote themselves to borrowers with enticing online descriptions. This company is an Australian firm specialising in providing mortgage finance to borrowers who don't fit the criteria of traditional lenders. This market is sometimes referred to as the non-conforming segment, but we prefer to think of ourselves as specialist lenders, providing traditional loans to unique individuals. What makes us different is our ability to assess each application on its own merits and offer solutions that are tailored to your special situation. While some lenders try to fit everyone into a box, we treat you as the individual you are. Viola Pacific Island Budgeting Service Manager Vi Harris says the interest and penalty rates charged by some organisations are punishing. The interest rates there, because the penalty is just about double. Like a full start client there is 9%. And then when the penalty is 13%. And then the thing is there, and also the area continue accumulating it, building up, till they really come to us, it's too late. The Reserve Bank's proposed so-called speed restrictions mean some will still be able to get loans for almost all of the cost of their home. But they are likely to be those in the very best position to repay any mortgage. Those with a low income, some self-employed or anyone without a well-established financial track record will struggle to obtain mortgages. It depends how good your credit rates start from A, B, C. If they are in F, that's in the risk credit rates, they've got high interest rates, 18%, might be 20 14%. Some of our clients with specialised mortgages, they are in a 12%. One is second land tier. It's 18%. Another option for those trying to get together a deposit is to turn to family members for help. But Vi Harris explains that can also have a detrimental effect if family members put up their own homes as security for a non-bank loan. There's no way I will encourage anybody to go and get the parents, especially the parents that's already three whole house or 40,000 left, and they use the equity to buy. I've seen enough. One of the couple got a heart attack because they put down their house, current door for uh, the sun. What happened? Fall behind. Next thing they saw uh, real estate in front of the house and causing a stroke with the family. And this is what I'm saying, um, don't encourage it. Infometrics economist Matt Nolan can see problems in the non-bank lending sector if the LVR measures become more than short term. 
If LVR restrictions have to be there for more than a, a few months, okay, they're a stopgap temporary measure, but if they're there for too long, you just start pushing people out of the regulated banking industry into the less regulated parts of the financial sector. That's what we saw happening in the US as they started to change regulations. People started shifting into, into areas that they thought were protected but weren't as highly regulated. Now, if we see LVR restrictions strongly imposed in, on banks, over time people will say, hey, I can actually, you know, with my small deposit, go to these other types of lenders. At the moment in New Zealand, a lot of them are wiped out. We had our own mini financial crisis prior to the global financial crisis. But if LVRs have to stay there for a long time, they won't be the appropriate tool. Jeff Borden, the joint owner of mortgage broking group Prosper, says that while there aren't a great number of businesses which would presently loan money for deposits, overseas companies could expand into New Zealand if they saw an opportunity. Any growth in that market in New Zealand, that's the environment it will come out of. It'll, come, it'll be an offshoot from someone that's um, already providing those sorts of facilities in Australia, presumably. And would it concern you to see a growth in that area? It would concern me if there were um, potentially good people that couldn't get a competitive deal. It wouldn't concern me to see more competition in the New Zealand market. A decision over restricting home lending is expected in the near future. But economist Matt Nolan would like to see greater clarity for the public over just what the Reserve Bank wants to achieve. People have confused the financial stability idea with the house price idea, and no one's helped fix that confusion. The Reserve Bank keeps mentioning house prices about things. They keep saying, oh, this might reduce house prices as well. It would do them good to just be quiet about that and just actually focus on what are we trying to do and what is our role, instead of trying to politicise what they're doing. Politicians want to ship out blame for what's going on. People seem frustrated by the high house prices, although the people with existing housing probably don't mind it that much. The Bankers Association's Kirk Hope is sceptical about how much the Reserve Bank's proposals would cool the housing market. If you put a cap on and restrict high LVR lending, what you will do is drive competition into the low LVR market. So what, what will happen there is rates will drop um, because banks will compete for those customers. So essentially it won't do anything to impact the housing market because there will still be a lot of competition for um, for. Uh, properties where borrowers have more than a 20% deposit. David Tripe also worries that bad policy could result from rushing in. I think we've certainly got some, some political panic um, and I think that's unfortunate if it stops us looking carefully and calmly at what is happening and trying to think about what a sensible solution to things might be. But the Reserve Bank is certain of the need for the measures it's considering. In the pre-global financial crisis housing boom, with hindsight and this macro-prudential framework, we would most likely have applied measures with the aim of reducing systemic risk. In the current situation, the risks to financial stability may well be greater. I'm Philippa Tolley and that's Insight for this week. If you'd like to contact us, you can send an email to insight at radionewzealand.co.nz or send us a tweet at rnz underscore insight. I wrote and presented that programme and technical production was by Jeremy Veal.